Let me just get some levels on you. La 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 la. la. I was going to say, if you could talk, please. (laughs) You're listening to the Music Manulet podcast for February 18th, 2018. Learn more at musicmanulet.com. Hi, and welcome to another Music Manumit. I am Tom, and on today's show, I am talking with Matt from the band Canopy. Now, Canopy is out of Baltimore, and it's him and his girlfriend, and they make their own instruments. And he learned how to make the instruments from a guest that we've had on the show before, uh, Lee Kana. He showed him how to do it. So we talk about that and just uh, kind of what's up with them. So... <laughs> Sorry, that was dumb. Anyway, here's my interview with uh, Matt from Canopy starting right now. So are you in, you're in Baltimore right now? Uh, I'm actually just north of Baltimore, but essentially, yeah, just in, uh, just outside, outside the city. Okay. And also we'll, we're just jumping right into it. I cut all this and we in okay. post and all that. So we can just, we'll, so this is the interview starting is basically what I'm telling you. Uh, Great. <laughs> and uh, so how long have you been, uh, how long have you been making your own instruments and, and playing out? Uh, I would say, I think I made my first one. Actually, Lee Kana helped me construct my first one. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he's one of your, I think he. Um, yeah, we've talked to him. Yeah, you talked to him, uh, and he helped me make my first one, and that was probably uh, 2010, I'm going to say. Okay. Yeah, so quite a while. All right, and what... It doesn't seem that long ago, but man, that's like eight years ago. I know. I I hate thinking in internet years and regular years. (laughs) You know, internet years, there was like stuff that didn't even exist yet, but in regular years, it's like, oh, that was just seven years ago. Or eight years ago or whatever. It's so funny because Seinfeld, he just said, I was online at the supermarket. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I'm like, uh. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's it's beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) And what, so what made you decide to uh, make instruments instead of just playing traditionally? Or, Or I guess what would you call that? It's not just playing traditionally. Playing a already made instrument. Let's put it that way. (laughs) Yeah. Um. I, uh, you know, a lot of it was money. Um, I thought ah, it'd be, it'd be cheaper to, uh, to make my own stuff. Yeah. You know? Um, and also, you know, I'm not like, I'm not like the best musician. And I think that, uh, you know, building something and having that sort of intimate connection to it, uh, provides something that, you know, just sort of, uh, pulling a guitar off the shelf. Uh, just wasn't going to give me. Yeah. But also, um, you know, to to create an instrument, I feel like you're, uh, you know, uh, when I play guitar, there's the whole history of guitar players that I'm placing myself up alongside, and um, you know, to but to uh, make my own instrument, I'm like uh, the king of that because there's you know there's no precedent for the sound it should make. And so it's kind of refreshing in that way, I think. Mm -hmm. So you, um, well, did you play, uh, so you had played guitar before? I had played uh, keyboards. I played keyboards in a band in the 90s. Oh, there you go. Uh, Like a jazz rock. (laughs) Oh, lost you for a second there. So you were in a jazz rock, which first of all, Playing keyboards in the 90s, 
that was like the one time where keyboards probably weren't really used. Like there were time periods like the nineties for sure was like that what keyboards weren't a popular thing. They're back again. They were there before yeah. that, but in the nineties they were not. So you were doing that, huh? I had like a, a Casio. I forget even what the, the number was, but it had like, um, you know, it was a synthesizer that had some primitive parameter control that you could sort of get in there and program the sound and everything. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, I, you know, I ran it through effects and stuff, and it was it was loud. It, it got pretty obnoxious, you know. Yeah, nice. So, <laughs> and the uh, so you were doing that, and then you said, "Forget about this. I'm going to make my own stuff." No, you waited till 2010. So there was a long period. In between there, like what yeah. were you doing? What were you doing during that point? Uh, so I'm a visual artist mostly. Mm -hmm. Like that's what I've done. Um, I but you know one uh, one thing that I will tell you is I lived in Japan uh, from 2000 uh, 2003 to 2007, and um, I got to travel through Asia, and uh, you know I found a lot of uh, sort of uh, instruments that were, you know, traditional instruments of other cultures that had had sort of ideas in them before. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the kalimba, the uh, thumb piano, which is a lot of what I've made is kind of based in that. Um, in, you know, the, 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 sort of that, the sort of drone sound and the, the phasing. Um, the Dan Bao is like a monochord that you just play with. Uh, it's just like it's this funky pluck that um, where you hit the harmonic and, and play it like that. It's a very difficult instrument to play, and I'm not very good at it. But, okay. Um, it was kind of unique. Uh, but, you know, I found all these instruments that had some sort of trick to generate a sound, and so I wanted to... You know, and they were, you know, they were primitive. The Dan Bao is just a single, it's just a single string with like a, a funky, uh, like a funky coconut on the end of it. And um, mm -hmm. a, uh, you know, I used a, a needle, a, like a cartridge from a record player to, as the, um, as the, uh, the pickup for it. And, you know, I would just, I kind of, uh, you know, found things and, and, um, and made them. Okay. Just, uh, you know, sort of based on some of those ideas. Okay. And I mean, what influenced you? Because you don't just go from uh, playing in a, I, I believe you said it was an acid jazz band as a synthesizer and then uh, go, this yeah. is what I do now, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I, you know, a lot of it, uh, I gave up music for a long time. Mm -hmm. And um, I met a guy in Japan. His name was Bun. And he was building kalimbas. And he was in a band called Kotao. This, uh, it was kind of an eclectic, um, you know, it, I call it world music, but, you know, it was sort of like, it was in Japan and, you know, they were, mm -hmm. you know, there was guys from India in there, there's guys from uh, New Zealand and they're playing didgeridoos and they're fitting together all these different instruments to, uh, you know, and basically, you know, I, I'm pretty sure it was it was all improv. Okay. They were just creating this sort of chill vibe with all these different instruments, you know, and occasionally there's a guitar in there. 
but for the most part it was it was all sounds I'd never heard before so that was really that was inspiring the thumb pianos and um he gifted me one and I kind of reverse engineered it and and I kind of started started there after uh so after Lee helped me build the tambora I um you know I had a loop pedal and so I was like well I can you know hook up more things to this loop pedal what what kind of sounds do I want to make I basically wanted to you know, have all these different sounds and kind of create textures and create soundscapes with them. Mm -hmm. Do you, I mean, do you like to tinker with stuff? I mean, reverse engineering something like you got something you're like, well, I should take this apart and see how it works and put it back together again. Like that's not necessarily yeah. something someone would do. Oh, we lost you again. I, uh, we still have sound. Okay, so that, that's my... perfectly fine. Yeah. <laughs> we just, we didn't have sound. Yeah, I can hear you now. We didn't have sound, but now we're back. Okay, okay. so we, um, let's see, where was I? Uh, reverse engineering yes. the kalimba. It's not, it's not a particularly complex instrument um, to figure out. And I, you know, I ended up getting, uh, it was a lot of trial and error to get, place where I have it now where I get this little ground bar kit from uh, Home Depot and you know oh okay get my kind in there and stuff so you know it started out where I was sort of clamping down the metal pieces to get you know produce tension on these metal bars and um, you know to figure out to uh, so it was some trial and error, but, you know, and, you know, and I think essentially uh, thinking back on it, um, when I, growing up, I, you know, my dad was really into um, a lot of uh, music made with synthesizers, you know, uh, yeah. Jean-Michel Jarre and Van Gallis and um, uh, Klaus Schultz and, the, you know, the German school. And... Um, so, you know, for me, the kalimba and a lot of those textures with a, with just a little tweaking, they, they sounded like synthesizers to me. And so I thought I can, you know, my fingers on that, the tines could sound like an arpeggiator. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so I started to try to create music that sounded, you know, that was, that was chill and ambient and, and had, had those, um, had those qualities to it. Yeah. Do you worry about the tuning when you make it or is it just kind of build it where you may sort of thing? Like when you put it together, is there a process for yeah. that? Well, you know, there's strings. And so, you know, it's, uh, my, my early instruments uh, were, uh, didn't stay in tune very well. And okay. so uh, that's know, what I'm wondering. I just played whatever, you know? Um, but you know, uh, the ground bar kit that I use for the, for the Kalimba tines now, um, man, you can, it's a screw, you know, it's like a set screw and then you can tighten it down and, um, they stay in tune very well now. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. So. That's handy. So that, but do you use like a tuning fork or you do it by ear or what are you doing? Um, I, you know, it's funny. I have my girlfriend tune them for me, uh, and she's <laughs> okay. got a great ear, but, um, but yeah, in the beginning, uh, before I met her, 
I did use a little tuning app on my phone. Oh, there you go. Okay. And how do you record the stuff that you make? Um, well, that's been, uh, you know, I had an eight track for a while, a little Tascam four track, you know, I would, uh, just record live into my phone sometimes. Uh, uh but now I've got a zoom R16. Oh, cool. Little digital recorder. And that, that serves my needs. Okay. So you don't do any overdubbing or anything. It's all just live and improv or do you actually write the stuff? Uh, most of my music is improv. I'm actually, I have a project right now um, with a friend of mine who's a vocalist and we are, uh, we're trying to actually write some songs and um, okay, yeah, there's like this project that is uh, like, um, it's like make an album in February or something. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know? The RPM project. Yep. The RPM project. So we're signed up for that. And so we're, I think we're going to meet on Sunday and, you know, we tried improving, but she works very differently than I do. So uh, getting that together is um, has been interesting, and I think we're both learning uh, new things, new things as, as a result of that. Okay, how did you meet Lee? Um, you know, here in Baltimore, uh, there are a ton of craft fairs and craft festivals and stuff like that. Okay. And I, you know, as an artist, you know, that's kind of my bread and butter, mm -hmm. uh, doing those fairs and those festivals. And so I meet this guy and he's building, uh, he's building little ukuleles out of junk and little guitars and stuff. Right. And, you know, you know, anybody who's like doing something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially, you know, I think there's been kind of a renaissance in the DIY scene like probably over the last five or six years yeah you know in 2010 in 2009 um seemed to be the sort of venue for people to broadcast the fact that they were doing that and so it was really cool to meet somebody who actually had a little workshop and was was making things so mm -hmm. um yeah i just met him at one of those fairs okay and the, this is uh so when you go to the craft fairs i've looked at your uh your personal website and i see that you do a lot of uh clothing prints and things like that tell me about how you do those uh so uh, mostly you know i get my images uh and make them into screens uh for silk screening so you are doing silk screens okay yep mostly silk screens and you know but i really um you know i'm kind of uh probably breaking the mold of your average printmaker uh you know i'm sort of using the silk screens often as just like a like a template or a drawing or something and then painting into them and you know maybe layering them and and using them like in a sort of a non non-traditional um process yeah and how are you so you're making them on it looks like you're putting them on um used clothing yeah, a little bit. Um, that website is woefully unupdated. That's um, not uncommon. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, I do, um, you know, I would uh, just go to thrift stores and sort of find blank t-shirts that I buy for a dollar or two. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of my screens are sort of random, you know, um, elements that are sort of isolated so that I can... I can sort of collage with them. Uh -huh. And so a lot of those clothes, you know, I'll sort of collage uh, a couple of different things together. They all look unique and uh, they're all different, 
and um yeah now i'm actually doing uh like band t-shirts and stuff like that you know okay. with my friends bands and stuff yeah i'll uh i'll print t-shirts and Okay. And yeah. With those collages, I mean, are you burning? Like, you're actually doing the emulsion and like doing the whole bit, or are you are you doing uh, like yeah. stencils? Okay, you are. So you're taking totally. the time and doing yeah. it that I way. Yeah, I actually started out um, working with stencils a lot more, uh, but then I I sort of um, tried to create my own screen printing process that didn't rely on like a light box and you yeah. know those things. You know it's expensive to buy like a really big light box. Right. So I, I started using the sun to expose my screens oh, you did and do it figure out how to do that. And um, so now I've got screen, you know, some of my screens are like four feet, uh, four foot square, oh, like cool. they're really big. And, um, you know, and I do it all just in my, um, my home studio, which, you know, it doesn't have any sort of specialized equipment. Right. Um, you know, I take them outside and, stuff well what about uh, so this is all right last question about the silk screening just because i've started doing it at home too so that's why I'm, <laughs> awesome. but yeah. uh curing it how are you curing the ink on there because here's the thing and for people listening like there's the part afterwards even though think of spilling ink on your shirt you would think like oh well that's pretty damn permanent right you do a silk screen yeah. you don't cure it you put it in the wash and it's like where the hell did my print go that's the craziest <laughs> thing so yeah. How are you so, doing that? <laughs> well, like when I do my shirts, uh, the shirts I've been doing are finding for this uh, local band called Fractal Cat. They're kind of like a kind of like a classic rock kind of kind of thing. Okay. And so I actually tie dye their shirts. Uh -huh. So the shirts are washed before I print on them. Um, but I but you but I don't have a uh, dryer. I just use the speed, speedball inks, um, you know, and I sort of just say it'll fade a little bit. They do fade a little bit, but I mean, like, I don't know if you can see the shirt right here. I can, Man, but the people listening screen can. Print, you know, <laughs> so this screen print on my vest, yeah, um, it's probably, you know, it's one of the old, it's one of the first screens I ever made. It's probably eight years old. Yeah. It's still sticking around. It's a little faded than, uh, than how it was. Um, you know, you could just chuck them in the dryer, but if, as long as you're using fabric ink, you're good. Yeah. See, and, I've done that. I'm, I'm, well, I'm wondering, and, uh, is it, do you let them sit for a day or so? Or cause I think somebody washed one like the day after they got it, it was dry. I ran it. Like I did yeah. the whole, like put it in the oven to dry it sort of thing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they washed it and it washed right off. It was the weirdest thing, and I was using fabric like washed ink. off completely? Like, almost. It, like, very much so. Like, very much like this shirt looks like it got printed 20 years ago. It was yeah. the weirdest thing. So, anyway, all right. Well, maybe it's like... Yeah, I know. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, yeah, they do fade. Um, uh, but, you know, I kind of like that classic look. But they shouldn't be fading to that extent on the first wash. Yeah. So, I imagine you did it on, like, a humid day. And certainly it's going to take a couple of days yeah. in the humidity, I think, you know. It's all been trial and error. And it's just, it's one of those yeah. things where like, and oh, it, it's something where it's like, I used to do it in like my teens and never thought twice about it. Now that I'm actually trying to do it proper, like nothing works. And oh, it's, it's so annoying, you know. It's like I, I know the feeling, man. Uh, so many, so many years of just swearing, just yeah just swearing yeah you know like you put all the work into this 
uh, into the screen and you, you know, I mean, I did have a light box once upon a time. It's like a 45 minute burn. Yeah. And then you rinse it out and it's like, fuck, it's, you know, that mm-hmm. detail right there is gone. And, you know, you got to start over and, you know, you got to get it done tonight. And now it's 11 and <laughs> you still got to print it. I know. It's a nightmare. Yeah. It's, and that's why I was asking if you're actually doing the emulsion thing, because then you got to wait for the dumb thing to dry, et cetera. So that's all, yeah, that's all use, part of it. Yeah. I totally use photo emulsion and, um, I use, uh, photocopies for my transparencies. Uh, one mm-hmm. trick, I don't know if you knew, you can use just a regular photocopy and rub, uh, rub vegetable oil into it. I've seen that. I've seen videos about that. Transparency. Yeah. So I go to Kinko's, I get huge prints made, uh, just on their plotter machine and, um, huge huge images out of it and it works it works well that's cool but it is tricky (laughs) all right all right now now we're back (laughs) let's get back to the music now uh so the uh the name canopy where where why did you decide on that name um so uh, it's you know me and my girlfriend um just started playing these kind of sweet little duets you know i would make uh i'd make these instruments and um, it was mostly uh, mostly just kalimbas that were sort of tuned together, you know, like a bass and a treble okay. and, um, in the same key. And we would uh, we would just sort of play them. And she, she was really good and she was into it. So we started doing that. And the, the name Canopy, you know, it was just kind of just kind of a sweet, simple name. Um, mm. I should have probably checked, uh, done a more... <laughs> a better search of Bandcamp because I think there's probably like a dozen or even uh, Google because like bands. some German death metal band shows up like like yeah, there's right. you know there's but I love that 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 happens to like every band that uh, or not every band but so many bands they'll get a name yeah. where it's like a very just common word and it's like you didn't yeah. search for that did you <laughs> yeah we we didn't guilty yeah but you know um I don't necessarily uh you know, I'm not out to go national with this thing, probably. So as long as nobody in Baltimore is using that name, I think we're cool. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, that's fine. I mean, you can use what you want too, and it's just uh, yeah. it's usually the the trick is is if I put uh, the word band after the name, uh, it usually pops up for some reason. I don't know why, um, because there are several of them, but. I don't know. It's it's the weirdest thing, but I found if you put band after mm-hmm. canopy, you're like the third one. So that's that's <laughs> yeah. interesting. Canopy band. Yes. It, well, I mean, even the band Spoon did that. Like their website is spoonthebandcom You know, I mean, that's yeah. which is pretty smart. Um, totally. <laughs> yeah. So what? Uh, yeah, you know, it's sort of. Um, uh, we're. Yeah, I guess I don't really have that sort of high ideals for it you know i don't think it's eh, (laughs) do you guys play out live at all yeah we've played uh we've gotten some gigs um we play there's a music festival here uh that's kind of like uh it was put together by the guys from half japanese and um it's called the shake more festival okay and it's a lot of sort of weirdo stuff and we fit we fit right in there um, with that, um, 
we played, uh, there's a couple of local festivals, Hunt Fest. Was it Hunt Fest that we played or Hamden Fest? I think it was uh, Hamden you Fest. T- you tell me. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. It was like you were asking My girlfriend me. downstairs hears me and like yells yeah, at me yeah. again. Right, right. Um, <laughs> but it was, I believe we played Hunt Fest. And we usually open that festival, actually. We're like the first band. It's, you know, we play, you know, we play pretty chill, uh, non-offensive music, so... Okay. Um, and I know the guy at the radio station, he likes us. So we, you know, he always asks us to play. Um, we have played the radio station WWLOY uh, a couple of times and they've broadcast us. Hmm. And, you know, if, if you've got like an art opening, uh, you know, we, um, we actually played a really cool gig at the BMA, which is the Baltimore Museum of Art. Hmm. We just kind of played some you know ambient uh jams uh in this uh, room with this beautiful exhibit hmm, cool That's so nice. yeah huh. we're, we're not like a bar band or anything we're looking for the right. interesting gigs you no, know no no i did um, not think that you were a bar band <laughs> yeah, right um we've played uh you know our openings and stuff like that if if somebody's looking for kind of a, like a, 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 a an interesting non-offensive sort of background music yeah. that's, that's got art written all over it like we're your band well and how do you decide what to bring with you too do you go okay this show we're going to use this instrument because i've seen you got youtube videos where you've created other instruments and stuff and some of them yeah, are fairly sure. large you know you know i'm i'm uh i'm like a constant tinkerer and so i've always got sort of some new instrument that i'm really excited about and typically that's you know that's what i'm bringing or um you know if it's uh you know it kind of depends on the on the gig and it depends on what i'm really feeling Mm -hmm. um you know sometimes i'll play something and i'm like oh this sounds like crap it's not in tune i don't have time to tune it so i guess i'm taking that other thing right yeah Yeah. and how did you first uh hear about creative commons before you started putting your music under it Oh man, you know, it was, um, I guess it's just something, it's just something that was out there. I read, uh, I think I read that Lawrence Lessig book. Oh, um, okay. Free, is it free culture? Yeah, I, I think that's and, what it's called. Don't quote me on that. But yeah, I, I know of like what that. book you speak, yes. But man, that book, that book was great. I really appreciated, uh, kind of like, you know, what he's talking about in there and, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, like I'm sort of intimating here, I don't necessarily have like super high hopes for this band. Mm-hmm. So it's something that I'm doing. I feel like I can afford to, uh, you know, really experiment with it and, and do whatever, like the mm-hmm. idea that I have this, like a, a brand or that I have a sound or something that I am... Um, that I have, that I'm uh, beholden to, you know what I mean? So it's, it's yeah. a place for me to kind of experiment and do, and do some fun things and things that I'm into. Yeah. And then, well, and you went with the, uh, non-commercial license, uh, what made you decide to use that? Yep. Yeah. I, I don't care. I, if you, want to use stuff, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, go for it. I'm honored. All right. You know, there are. There, I, I think there's there's more music getting made now than at any point in history. There's got to be. And yeah. so... Or at least we're more aware... Well, no. The uh, 
I was going to say we're more aware of it now, but the whole point is that there's so much that you don't know about a lot of it because you can't hear yeah. it. But you this do is- have the ability to hear it, but you don't know where to find it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. It's, the it's accessibility like the, um, is almost its own undoing. Yeah. It's that's I mean, funny. Um, yeah, it's great. It's, um, you know, I think, you know, I see people complaining all the time that they just, you know, there's like no good music getting made anymore. And I'm like, what? There's, you know, you're just not looking. Right. Yeah. The, well, or and that's, you're just like inundated with the crap or something. You know? Well, and that's the way it's always been. It's always been like, oh, the stuff that they're playing on the radio is garbage. It's like, yeah, you're listening to the radio. You know, they're going to yeah. play what they're told to play. You know, it's 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 the same sort of thing or, or wherever it's getting used. It's like, exactly. You're not looking hard enough. That's that's man. Totally I remember I remember in the 90s. And and I'm a big fan of John. All right. I'm, hold on. You're breaking up right there, and I'm going to point out something. And hold on. So I was like, oh. we're still catching up with you. Hold on. <laughs> Are you there still? Okay. Yeah. Here's the funny thing. Okay. So we were, we were losing you, and I, I was like, I couldn't hear what you were saying, but I realized something as we were doing it. Every time you have mentioned something that happened in the 90s, we lose connection. It's the weirdest thing. Because <laughs> that happened when you were talking about the keyboard thing, too. <laughs> anyway, you were saying you, um, you remember. The, the, the zeitgeist, I guess. Right. Um, the So uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, Alice Coltrane. So I go into a record store in the 90s. And I'm like, Alice Coltrane is amazing what uh give me some more music that sounds like alice coltrane mm-hmm. and they're like there is there is no music that sounds like alice coltrane but alice coltrane you know right um and now you know now you can go and you can and you can find it you can find people making you know the ambient organic you know sort of weirdo jazz gospel you know you find whatever whatever combination of of genres and influences you want you can go out there and somebody's somebody's messing around with it yeah and have you ever um uh, i'm i'm only assuming just because of uh, you making your own instruments and what you play but are you familiar with the uh, works of harry parch oh sure okay yeah i figured you Man. were but i just you know I just, it, yeah it was one of those things where it's like am i just telling you something you already know um, and I was so, uh, <laughs> and is there, um, <laughs> now, is there anything else, any other projects, anything that, uh, uh, we haven't talked about today that you'd like to mention, uh, anything at all that you might have coming up or things that you have in the works? So, so the thing I'm working on right now is, um, I, so I was in a band before Canopy called Immortal Jellyfish that were a lot more experimental a lot more weird, uh, you know, less less melodic, um, less less rhythmic. Okay. And um, so I'm back together with the guy I was in that band with, and we are just playing synthesizer music because I'm my painting is doing a lot better uh, than it ever was, and I have um, you know, and actually that's what I was going to say: making uh, building musical instruments. I you know, I was a painter. I was living in a very cheap, cheap studio. Mm-hmm. And so I had no money, but lots of time on my hands. And so like one of the reasons I started to like started building my own instruments was 
because I was looking for a creative outlet that, um, you know, could, uh, you know, could sort of take the place of painting a little bit, which, you know, I just needed a break from. Um, I was just painting. I was just living off my paintings in this very cheap basement studio. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, building those instruments was a way to uh, fill my time, which which I had an abundance of. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, you know, I think the kalimbas and that that synth sound. Um, I, I finally I'm making a bit of. No, I've actually bought a number of synthesizers, like little boutique synthesizers. Um, man, there, there's a lot of companies that are making really cool stuff for like 150, 200, 300 dollars these days. Yeah, and so I've started to build a little rack and um, huh. work with that stuff, and it's 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 challenging. It's all wires and MIDI and, you know, control voltage and all this crazy stuff and electronics. And it's really exciting. So that's what I've been doing recently. I have a little band called Moss Garden. um, And uh, me and my friend Justin Miller and Mike Dracos get together every Monday and, um, you know, make uh, crazy uh, bleeps and bloops and beats and whatnot all right well that's cool yeah well every yeah. T- every time i ask you something you've got another band that you've been uh <laughs> yeah. a member of or be- or working with um and- i got a lot of time on my hands <laughs> <laughs> and then uh we were gonna close out the show today with the song sparrows alley um did you want to tell us anything about the song before we before we play it um when i uh so when i make music like i you know i pretty simply just jam for a long time and then I'll just you know cut out parts that have sort of a beginning middle and end and yeah. I will just um and and then that's that's kind of a song for me so this is one of those <laughs> all right I like that right. best best description so far it's a song I did and uh, it's one that I did and here it is yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right well I want to thank you very much for uh taking the time to talk with me today it was great meeting yeah, you man, thank- so much and then this is the song sparrows alley and this has been another music manument podcast at musicmanument.com